Hey, I'm Des Money. And I'm Jesse Money. And, and you're, you're watching, watching CMS TV. That was Dreams Always Die with the Sun. That was the band I Am, and um, they have a new single getting ready to come out this Friday, I believe, called Cryptonesia. And here to talk all about I Am and everything else that we can think of are uh, two of the main guys of the band, Mr. Johnny Kelly and Mr. Kenny Hickey. Guys, how are you? Good. I'm impressed you, uh, you pronounced the name of the song right. <laughs> I practiced. <laughs> I can't pronounce it. <laughs> that song was awesome i loved it what i heard just there that was great Thank yeah, it's you. good stuff man well guys i i i am a fan of pretty much all of you guys's collective work whether it's typo silver tomb seventh void whatever i you guys do no wrong for me so you know new music new band cool i'm good you know I, i'm an easy sell but let's talk a little bit about i am Man, I'm just going to tell you as a fan, I'll tell you both and you can tell me why. This is the slowest rollout in history of a great band. Man, you guys are taking your time. I talked to, I talked to uh, Kurt, I don't know, uh, six, eight months ago about, about the song we just played. And now we're only to song two. So let's start there. What is it? that's taken so long to get us some music man well you know it was never a band until we finished that first song okay Dreams always die with the sun so we never planned on making a band or a record or anything we were just going in to see what happened you know and that song came out obviously triggered the desire to create a band and then you know kirk toured toured around the world all summer for the last six seven months he did like 12 european tours last year or some shit like that <laughs> right so, you know that was really the wait Okay. So, yeah. sure. I've been spending a lot of time with Eric. That's right. <laughs> I see Johnny like every other weekend with Quiet Riot, and he's so good with the band. I, I was just talking about you last week, Johnny. Like when you All when right you on. play the drums, it's like a gun firing when the snare hits. You know what I mean? It's like, gah, gah. it's so you're so well, solid and professional. You know, like like you know to, to like you know to you know play that music. It has to be like that. It has to be like you know mm -hmm. like that heavier you know like ACDC kind of thing. You know, it's That's like right. And uh, well, you nail yeah, it, my friend. Oh, uh, thanks. You know, you guys were great the other night too. I finally got to like watch a whole like a whole show because <laughs> we were staying we were staying overnight. 
Those were great crowds for Missouri still knows how to rock. Yeah. You know, apparently. Yeah. Right yeah, on. Very good timeline this weekend. Kenny, sure. he, Eric plays guitar in Stephen Piercy. Oh, that's great. right. Awesome. Yeah. So we play see all the rats on the weekends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. That's right. So you like a weekend warrior too? You do a lot of weekends. Oh, yeah. 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 Right on. Well, well, guys, obviously with, you know, with, with the schedule for, for three of you anyway, you know, you guys are always busy with bands. You know, there, there's, there's so much work that's going on. How tough is it to try and, work i am in as a as a band around everybody around the crowbar schedule around the quiet riot schedule around the tough. it's going to be tough you know what i mean to get it in um you got to make the time and also the way the band is operating it's like we operate best when we're all in a room together okay together, it seems so then you got to get everybody from various points of the country together in one place for for an interim where's everybody and, live right now where's everybody at johnny's in texas he's okay. outside of dallas yeah. I'm todd's near me also todd lives about like two hours away well he's okay. more in the boondocks todd yeah and then yeah. and then um you know kirk's in, in new orleans and that seems to be like the hub the, the central hub for the band so far you know nola we have a studio there mm -hmm. low cd uh productions and um you know, we get in a room there and stuff happens. It's expensive and it's time consuming. We just spent, we did like 10 days recently in um, in October and got a lot done. You know, we got six songs of drums down. So like you're saying, like, it's the slowest rollout, but it was never supposed to be a rollout. So we did one song. It wasn't like we completed an album and now we're going to release three singles consecutively for the next right. three months and release the album. There was no album. You know, we just put a song out there. So right it on. seems more the way to do it these days, though. You know, just work on it, get a sing single going to its maximum, you know, uh, potential, and put that out there instead of spreading it thin, trying to do a whole record and go potentially going over budget. I, I agree. I mean, like the attention span is so short now. Mm -hmm. Really, what you need to be doing is constantly be releasing singles, like every three months, every mm -hmm. four months. You know. Um, if you just say you set up two, three singles, right, for a record, and you have a three-month period, you release those singles, and then you drop the album, and it disappears. It disappears, like you know, in weeks now. Yeah, you're keeping the promotion going longer this I way. I think right? so. Never spread it out. Yeah, yeah. Spread, spread the love out longer. You know, I mean, I think we're gonna go for an EP. For all okay. Years. And just keep yeah, because there's there's there was even you know discussions on that as we were uh, starting to write more songs together about how to go about you know like rolling you know releasing the music itself whether to do a full length record or you know like you know do singles or like you know do an EP or something because now you know like the way music is the, the way music is bought and consumed now is totally different from you know ten years ago fifteen years ago. And uh, and so, like, it has become, you know, it's become more disposable. And it, it, it is, it's very, uh, you know, like, you, you used to, you know, set up for a release and, yet, you know, you, you do a lot of stuff leading up to it. And then there, there was a plan of, you know, like, releasing, you know, singles, you know, to keep, keep the, uh, you know, to keep the record moving while you, while you were touring to promote it. And it, it, the business model is completely different now. And it's, you know, your record comes out 
and then it's literally like gone <laughs> by, right. by, by your morning coffee the next day. It's like, all right, that's it. <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah, that's why you're preserving it and you're making it go long if you just keep dripping singles out, even five singles. If you can afford it, you know, every single has its, its campaign that costs money. You know, you need, you need a good PR behind it and all that. But sure. you guys can always come on here each 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 single you put out come back and we'll play <laughs> Absolutely. Them. That's, that's what we do now it's like we put out a single and then there's a whole bunch of new press to do with it and stuff that's right so it seems like this is you know this is something that's working at least it's like you know it's 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 really helping create a positive buzz about the band it's more right. effective i think it's more effective you know it's all about now with spotify monthly listeners you know mm-hmm. and, how long can people listen to this one song? You stretch it out. And then, you know, your monthly listeners, after they're done with that song, drop down dramatically to nothing, you know? And then that's it. They're on to the next one. You know? The video right. looked pretty good, too, that Chris was playing there. I mean, that looked like it was pro shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Actually, was, we were playing, what was it, the Joy Theater in New Orleans? Joy Theater, yeah, a really Joy cool Theater. I can't remember, I remember the name Nola of it. Theater, yeah, a really yeah. cool old Nola Theater. We rented it out, and then we were forced to use the two stagehands that are the house guys. <laughs> they were great guys. They were, great guys they were your cameramen for this? <laughs> uh, well, they were the cameramen. They came with Hold the Beast. Uh, I forgot who did the camera work for, for Hold the Beast. He was the director. But there was a drone. They used the drone while we were performing yeah. in the theater, yeah. which I had, no, I had no idea of until after the fact. Oh really? I saw. I, I, I didn't even see it. We were talking about. Oh, yeah, well, you know, we got the drone shots. I was like, drone. I was like, Where, where's the drone? Awesome. Like, oh, yeah, we had a drone flying around. That's yeah, cool. Nice. Well, guys, I I, I want to talk about you two performing together because you guys, you two, have what are you guys at? Four four national bands that you've played together, and I don't know if there's others as well. What is it about working with each other that just works for you two? Because obviously there's Seventh Void, there's Silver Tomb, there's the big obviously type O, you know, now I am. What is it that works so well between you two? Do you just click musically or click as friends or a little as both or what? Not always. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, we have a, oh, certainly a working relationship that's whatever, 30 six you know like that was like one of the things you know like you know kenny and i we have a certain way of communicating with each other and it's if you don't know us it would look like you you know we're in an abusive relationship with each other like like, like an elderly couple you know how an elderly couple communicates about how there's like you you put too much salt on your on your dinner Mm -hmm. and that that's how we you know like we insult each other you know as as we're trying to come up with something and, but but it's, it's the way we were. Uh, if, right. if I'm like, looking for we, honesty, then I get it from them. We're not offended by it, but I was I was a little worried about how like Kirk and Todd would react to the way that Kenny and I work on, you know, work on music together. <laughs> they were overwhelmed. These guys are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but well, what what has it been is as far as and I'll skip type O on this, but um, the bands that you've done together after type O, Silver Tomb, Seventh Void, and now I am, they've all just seemed like they're like growth. Like you 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 do one, and then everybody except maybe one or two guys goes into the next one, and now then the next one. You know what? Are these bands like, 
I guess what I'm asking is why, why do they not live as bands and why is this not still called seventh void or silver tomb? Is it just that because you switch one guy out, you, you feel the need to change the name or do you, do you feel like you need to put new energy with the name or what? I think the new energy thing is the best answer. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, silver tomb was a whole added keyboard section and, you know, strings and all this other shit. So it kind of did turn into a different band, even though there was, there were definitely, you know, relationships and similarities of it, you know, I am nothing like any of those bands. Right. So, you know, that's a whole new animal. So we try to approach each one as its own entity, you know, and, Oh, you want to call it growth. I want to call it, you know, um, you know, changing your shoes you know changing your look, <laughs> you know you know um changing it yeah to keep going you have to do something different you know if, if, uh, you know i think every band has its it's uh slope it's interim not that you know not saying like with seven void yeah it was very short it was one record you know? right but there was a lot of things that went into that becoming defunct you know, right and having to move on but sometimes yeah you know getting a divorce changing your name helps <laughs> right does it make it though difficult i'll play devil's advocate here does it make make it more difficult because you do start to at least build the reputation with that name and now it's another name and people don't know that name so you almost have to start over no you do it's not like guns and roses changing their name (laughs) right yeah You do start over. You got to start over, and you know it sucks, and you know, and it's a pain in the ass. But you know, it's part of the process if you want to start a new. When you have a name in the business like you guys do, though, I I think the fans do check it out. You know, it's not like you're nobodies. You know, when they see a press release on Labbermouth, well, if I was to see a Johnny (laughs) Kelly thing, I'd be interested in it. You know what I mean? I would. They do give us that. They give us that little bit. They check it out. So whether they like it or not, it's another. Well, and Kenny, probably mostly for you specifically, though, the double edge to that is the minute they hear that you're not, you know, the minute they don't hear Peter Steele, they're like, what the hell is this? This isn't what I want. Yeah, you know, know, there's always that uh, huge section of typo fans that are expecting typo to, I mean, you know. That would be mm-hmm. ridiculous for us to do that. We're gonna make a counterfeit typo, you know, right? And dumb Peter is retarded. So, but it sucks when you don't when you can't just g- grab that audience and bring it over. When I when I did a solo act outside of Steven's band, I was hoping that the Rat fans would like what I was doing. They did right, not. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I really am starting over. I have to find a whole different. There's a lot at, more at work. The time when we uh, like when we when the Seventh Void record came out. And I, I forget what year it is at this point. I think it was like 2009. 2009. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, somebody had told us like some kind of statistic of like, you know, like when a band does something outside of their main band, I think there was like, you know, like the expectation was to get 10% of that. That makes sense. The main band's following to like, you know, pick up the, you know, sure. Yeah. To pick up the record. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the people people expect (laughs) people expect more of the same? And put it this way: if you're gonna go by Heinz ketchup, you expect to get Heinz ketchup, not French's mustard. Right? (laughs) Excuse me. Are you saying if you're gonna go to the typo, 
thing to hear typo. Now get mm-hmm. French and mustard, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And, and then and- hopefully with our influences, me and Johnny, there's always that typo vibe. There is something in there that's typo always, you know, because it's just, you know, part of us. But don't expect, you know, some like us, us trying to, you know, rewrite Bloody Kisses or something like that. Right. I would never even attempt that. That's a from an artist's perspective. That's a ridiculous endeavor. Why would you even do that? Quiet Riot does a short ode to typo, yeah. that, which is fucking awesome. I keep wanting to like run out there and go, you got a date. Yeah, we, play, we play a little no clip of, uh, of, of Black Number One. We play a little piece of it. Right. That's right. Nice. That. <laughs> so much. Oh, so much. And then we gauge how many people are familiar with typo after it's done. Well, I was backstage very familiar. I was like, yes. I'm curious how many are, Johnny? How many type? Sometimes, sometimes there aren't any, you know, like and, and sometimes, weird. You know, like I, I can't hear the audience because I play with in ears. Right. right. But Alex will come up to me when he's done with it. He'll just go, your people. <laughs> your, your weirdo people. You don't, you don't put a like a mic the audience so you can hear audience feedback while you're playing no. you don't care about that at all no. <laughs> some of these answers just all you can hear you them. you suck you know, <laughs> or you know they could be loving you, you know? everything everything with, with those shows everything is so like on the fly forget about it to say yeah i need a couple of uh like all you right. know room mics well, and understand. you know send it just to my ears is that i could understand <laughs> nice easier to find a unicorn <laughs> Well, um, so, yeah. I just... Well, let, let, let's uh, let's talk about the new single. But before we get to it, I want to talk about the unique thing that you guys just did with a fan leading up to the single, because that was very cool. Flying the, you flew a fan up to. Well, you guys explain what what that was all about and how that experience was. Oh, it's cool. We had a um a contest. Um, for. I think, uh, what was it? We were selling a single. We had a couple of items. And if you bought items, you were automatically entered into the contest. And the, right. and the winner of the contest got flown out to New Orleans to hang out with the band in the studio and hang out with the band on Halloween night in New Orleans. Ooh. Devil's very Night. Nice, yeah. Very, very nice yeah. uh, lady. One. What was her name again? I don't remember the name. Nina? Something like that. Yeah. What did you guys do for Halloween? What did you guys do? That? Well, we went to we went, first. We went to this. Uh, we went to this uh, little place for uh, for dinner, and okay. uh, it was great. The, the great. dinner was amazing. It was. Yeah. They it was just kept on bringing out just food. They just kept yeah. on bringing it out, and uh, yeah. and then, unfortunately for me, my wife had gotten cold. And the, the sensors got us right guys, there. The rest of them, they all they all went out together. They, you know, I guess they hit a few bars, and you know, mm-hmm. they did Halloween in New Orleans. Well, we just went to one bar. It was like the local crowbar bar, you know, where <laughs> down guys in the crowbar. It's like a neighborhood bar. We hung out all night. We didn't. We couldn't get the um, native New Orleans. Like we couldn't get Kurt, and we couldn't get Todd or any of the native New Orleans guys. To go to the quarter on Halloween, we're like, "You crazy? That place is dangerous. No way!" And we go near it, you know? <laughs> so we all hung out in the neighborhood bar. But the next day, you know, we went out to the quarter after after Halloween in the daytime and hung out and stuff. But they were a really nice couple. She brought her husband. The first night uh, we met them, we yeah, we had dinner at this awesome seafood 
Creole, whatever, down home uh, New Orleans place where they fry everything. Okay. Everything's deep fried, deep fried crab, deep fried clams. It, it was amazing. The cook was like, well, you know, if it crawls, we deep fry it. <laughs> nice, they do. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, like, uh, we're there for a week. Like, uh, like the way that we've been working is like, you know, like we will, uh, we'll set time aside and we'll get together for like a week. Okay. And work on new music and record it, like, you know, track it, you know, get the drums tracks done at least. And then, you know, like hash out a couple of songs. And the way it's been working out, we've been averaging about a song a day. Okay. And uh, and then after we would finish at the studio, say, I guess around like dinner time. Yeah, sometimes a little later. Eight. And then we go out to eat afterwards. And that was that was the best part. <laughs> you know, going out to eat in New Orleans. We're gonna try this place tonight. We're gonna try this place. We're gonna try this place. So I, I had so many oysters in a week. <laughs> yeah. You've been you've been doing a lot of casinos with us lately, and that's a whole nother animal where they like give you some like uh, credit to go eat at these places and you gotta like eat at the buffets and not go nuts. You have to remember that it's not really your money where you feel like you oh I have to get my thirty dollars worth of food at this buffet. You gotta be, you know, diligent enough to just eat enough to not get fat on this tour. The food was good at the River City casino this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was. Was It was good. Where's that? Missouri, Kansas City. It was uh, St. Louis. Right. Well, St. Louis. Let let me ask you guys this: just because of the way that you're recording, and you're not, you know, kind of locked in recording, you're you're putting it together in spurts. Do you think that you've even found what will be the the sound of the band yet, or is it still changing and progressing? No, I think I think. uh, Well, it's going to change and progress definitely but yeah i mean i think without searching I mean, just honestly just collaborating and we've discovered and constructed the sound of the band yeah yes okay and it's it's actually it's a lot of fun you know it's fun and it's fun to get put in that uh like you know the challenge of like you know being put in that situation where you have to you know, where you come up with something, you know, and it, it, a lot of it's like impulsive, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, like the first thing that you feel and you, you, know, right. you and you, you know, you, you have to come up with something, you know, that works on the spot. That's right. Your back's against the wall and your body yeah. goes into some kind of thing. It releases the juice that you need to make it happen. Yeah. That would have never come right. to you. You're right. I have some of the best riffs that on the plane, you know, on the way there, shitting my pants, saying, I have nothing, mm-hmm. nothing for these guys to listen to. You know? It's and a survival. Then, I think it's actually a survival. Me, yeah, thing. me and Kurt. And then, like, going to sleep and dreaming about riffs, you know, and, and only sleeping four hours a night. <laughs> First thing in the morning, grabbing a guitar. Oh, what are we going to play today? Got it. One, like, one minute before you got to be there. And that there is something conducive. There's something about that that just kicks the sediment up in you. You know, it's way better than, you know, I mean, I love my studio, but I could sit in here and sort of becomes a tune after a while. You know, it's not conducive to being creative after a while. You got to get out of of the closet and working with musicians in real time, in a real place, in a real room with a real deadline behind you. It puts a fire under your ass. Right. And that's always been the thing that I've heard from from so many musicians is that if you don't have a deadline, then then whatever you're working on will never end. Because you, you guys, none of you all, all three of you, not a single one of you can ever say, okay, this is good enough. 
every one of you is like, it, well, it, a little more of this and a little more of that. It very rarely happens. And <laughs> like in, and in this situation, in this situation, like with what we're doing is like, you know, like, so we would start in the morning, you know, like uh, Kenny and Kirk would show us, show Todd and I, or show me because like the main thing was to like, you know, get the drum tracks done. And uh, we would, you know, hash the song out and then, you know, coming up with parts. Then I have like, like a half a dozen critics all in the room watching me track. Right. <laughs> saying, I sort of sit, stand back with that mostly. Yeah. Like, like Vinny and, uh, and, and, and Dwayne go yeah. at it mostly. Sure. And uh, so, you know, but it is interesting to see like, you know, like what, what comes up in such a short amount of time. Cause you know, you're not really doing any pre-production, you know, like we're sitting there and we, you know, like we're trying to, you know, create these songs and you, you're on a time constraint, you're on a money constraint, you know, because we don't have a lot of time, you know, we only have like, say like a week. So we're trying to get as much as we can done in the, in that week. And, uh, you know, so you, you put on your helmet and you, you know, you go in there and you just kind of hope for the best. And you hope that like, you know, like what you, what you came up with initially is the thing that's really going to work for the song. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they say that usually your first idea is your best idea and you end up going back to it. I've tried that. that. (laughs) Sometimes it, sometimes it was, sometimes it definitely wasn't. Sometimes it's not, you know, but that's, that's the thing where you commit, you have to commit and having been in a situation where you have to commit, it gets done, you know, but there's something about that too. Like when you record something the first time, and uh, with the first idea, there's an energy to it that you can never get back when you re-record it and go back. That's to right. And all that. So there is a, a magic life. Yeah, there's a living thing in there that's uh, that's uh, there's something that comes out of the spontaneity of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Plus, definitely. plus, you're all going in with the same intention to work on this together. And when when multiple humans get together to do something that's where the magic is what it's like yeah, one right. person trying to do it it's just one dimensional but then you get the couple yeah, other people yeah, involved yeah. and it synergistically becomes this thing yes it's easier to figure out what to order for lunch <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure right on well johnny let me ask you this one just because you are a man of many bands I mean, you obviously you you played on one of my probably top three of the entire year, which is the Kill Devil Hill record. That oh, is right such that is such a great record. But you obviously have I am. You obviously have Quiet Riot. Um, you have Patriarchs in Black. I mean, you're in you're in a bunch of bands. None of them sound alike. How difficult is it for you? Not so much to play the different parts, because I get it. You're a professional musician. You can play whatever's put in front of you. But how difficult is it for you to kind of put yourself in the mindset to work on those different entities when they are very different from each other? There's been a couple of uh, situations where it was like really like weird, like switching gears, so to speak. But the thing, I I just try to keep it simple. I don't think about it. Okay. <laughs> he hates thinking. <laughs> I, I try to think as little as possible. Thinking's for if thinkers. I something if one of them that's complex or a little out of the box, he looks at me and he's angry with me. He's like, you <laughs> think now? <laughs> nice. I do. I, I do. I try to keep it simple. And uh, like the, like, even though the bands are, are you know, they're, they're different, but like the, the approach to it is the same. And it's like, you know, like the, the education that I got, like, you know, working, you know, growing up, working with typo negative and you know learning so much from 
you know, Kenny and Peter and Josh was, you know, like, so that stays the same. So like, you know, my approach to things is the same and, you know, really my, you know, my playing style, my playing style is pretty simple. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty basic. I've always tried to, you know, just be, just be solid and consistent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I take that, you know, like that the, the principles are the same, you know, depending on, you know, what band is there, you know, like some bands I get to like, you know, flex a little bit, you know, some are, are more, you know, more constraint, but you know, like it's, it's all about, for me, it's all about having fun. Okay. Cause, Cause I mean, obviously, you know, like bands aren't making any money. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> it's, not, it's not about money. <laughs> I mean, you know, there is a lot of money in Spotify, you know, like I have to have a separate bank account just for that. Oh yeah. You know, just for all, <laughs> or, you know. uh-huh. What I love about Johnny's playing is it, it harks back to, you know, the seventies players and especially like Bonham. And like the right. thing about Johnny is he never does the same thing twice. Right. You roll into a pot. There's always something. There's always something new happening. It's always, and you can't make him repeat that again, even if you ask him something. Right. right. <laughs> he just rolls with it instinctively. But that's to me is what made the players and the drummers and all the players in the seventies, like even Zeppelin, like you know, when if you think of a song like Achilles' Last Stand, which is like seven minutes long, and why does it not get bored? Because they never repeat the same thing twice throughout the whole right. thing. You know, that's what keeps it interesting. Yeah, there's been many times when Kenny will will be working on a song. Kenny's like, "What was that? Like, what did you do know. there? Like, you know, like do that again." I'm like, "I don't know. What What are you talking about? <laughs> it's done. Again, <laughs> 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 something else happens. You know. So, right on. I keep that record. But he's trying know. to do something to try to make it better. Like, you know, to try to bring some kind of, you know, like something to the song to try to make it to make the song stronger. You know, like uh, that's another thing that that I learned you know, and that I take with me everywhere is like, you know, to play for the song. Yeah. Not for me. That's how I am as well, man. I'm a play for the song guy and I'm not out to, to, to stand out too much from the rest of the band or, or or whatever. And some people might think that that's not shreddy enough for them or whatever. Right. Yeah. The same thing, same thing with me, you know, but, but a song with a, with a huge hook or like, you know, a great chorus in it or like intense part that, that is, you know, like that, I'd rather be, you know, remembered and have a, you know, have a, have a, like a legacy of great songs. You know, I concur. Absolutely. I mean, you know, to me, um, it should be four or five guys or whatever it is. And the goal, the common goal should be to make this song as, as great, as strong as you possibly can. Uh, to me, that should be the goal. And you know, I mean, there's a genre of people that like to watch guys shred or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but, it's more a YouTube thing. We want to watch you shred on YouTube. It's not very practical in the in the in the real world of, of writing I mean, good songs. I can't call it. I, look, there's many many different ways to say or oh, look at music as music. Like um, to me, it's more like the Olympics. Watching the Olympics <laughs> on on an instrument, you know. Right. right. <laughs> when it comes to making music in an actual song, to me, it's a different thing. You know? exactly. I, I I admire the talent that a lot of yeah, these, a lot of these guys have, but at the same time, I'm like, there's a reason that they're playing by themselves. That's right. Sure. <laughs> you, you got a guy. You got guys like Eddie Van Halen. Now, Eddie Van Halen was a full package. Not only was he a great shredder, but he was also an amazing rhythm guitarist and an, an amazing songwriter. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. And his leads and, were all melodic in a sense. You could you could still kind of hum them out in a way. Yeah, and yeah. he always paired himself with a strong singer. Right. Yes, so. true. Well, and and the thing is too, you know, you mentioned Led Zeppelin. Lord knows, Lord knows. I don't think anybody's going to say that Jimmy Page is like a, a virtuoso type, but man, did that guy have feel and and sound, and never did he repeat anything twice. You know. He, Amazing and every style you can think of, you know, he had cre- creativity and he had vision, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. no, it's it's definitely nuts that how good that that was. But speaking of things that were good, look at that segue. Thinking of things that were amazingly good 30th anniversary of Bloody Kisses, you know, um, yeah. I can't, I for one can't believe because I was already an adult when it came out, I can't believe it's been 30 years, but um. Obviously, there's there's a there's what there's a new package out for the 30th anniversary right now. So, um, talk a little bit about that, and talk a little bit about how you guys look back at typo. You know, not only the 30 year part, but you know, just just in general. Do you? There's a I'm sure there's a part that wishes it was it was still going on because it was such an iconic band. But at the same time, do you look back at it all positive? Do you remember the warts and all? I mean, wh- how do you look back at typo negative? <laughs> it's a lot of scars, dude. Right. <laughs> it was the worst of times. Right. You know, it was the best of times and worst of times. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of, you know, like, I mean, it was exciting, you know, like when the band was, uh, you know, starting to make a name for itself and like, you know, like the, as, you know, as the band was climbing and, uh, you know, like achieving things and stuff. And that was, you know, that, that was fun. And then it was the best time of our lives. We did yeah. more laughing than any other time in our lives. Running, running around the country to, you know, tearing a crater into it you know and uh, this is a lot of van travels too in that band right i mean it wasn't all tour buses we've no enough we always had tour buses all from the get nice yeah uh in the very beginning there was a van you know for a brief amount of touring and uh but you know, yeah, we. I mean, we had. It wasn't like we was like you know sitting on you know XL threes. You know, they were. Right. You know, we had some shitty buses. We got right. the support. Um, we got the support from Roadrunner. They gave it to us, and mm-hmm. we were able to maintain a bus through Good. all. Of it. But it was. It was. It was a lot of fun. And then you know, you know, like it's still, you know, like to, it was still the greatest job. You know, like right. you always have. Like whatever job you have, you know, there's always going to be things that, you know, frustrate you and make you angry and, you know, disappoint you or whatever. But it was still the greatest job. And it was, you know, it was ours. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, and it was like, you know, we had to own it. So it was like, you know, high risk, high reward. You know, so we had to, you know, as, as much as on the like the things that were that were failing us as well you know but it was but it was ours so you know that 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 made it you know special you know looking back now and looking at you know the career that i've had you know since typo negative you know like that that sure. was that was a special part of it to me that was a peak of our lives we we yeah. and we knew it at the time we're like this is it you know, this is where, you know when you when we got to the sort of the, whatever the peak of typo which was probably like end of Bloody Kisses, between Bloody Kisses and October Us. 
Um, right I mean, we, at that point, we thought maybe we'd even go further. We thought we'd be, we'd be over it the next minute. You know, you never know. But I knew at that time that this is it. This was the moment of our lives, touring with Pantera and all those moments. And you know what? Looking back, it was. You know, like some people look back at whatever, the high school football team. Sure. sure. It's the peak of their lives, you know. That was the peak of our lives. 1993 to 19, well, 1995 to 1997, something like that. Right on. You know, but every time, like, you know, like it was, uh, you know, there was, everything was always kept in check. Because <laughs> you know? right. it was always like, every time the bus stopped, it was like, oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> time when you see a job. <laughs> let me ask you guys, when you see a band like Static X um, having a persona take on the Wayne Static role of going out and doing a tribute to Static X as, as the thought to doing a typo type of tribute tour come to mind. Oh, not only the thought, but a lot of other people have been putting thoughts in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, that's an interesting one, though, like with Static X, the way that right. they pulled that off. That was pretty That was pretty creative. Creative, right? I mean, yeah. that almost made it do? like what a little... That? What happened? Yeah, they made him like a like a cyborg or something, you know? Like, like a robotic a, version. Yeah. And nobody... And there's a mystique there because we're not supposed to know who it is that's right, like actually... The singer, doesn't, the singer doesn't have their own identity and they put a mask on and kind of dress him up as, you know, like right. he looks like Wayne and... You like know, he's not hair. human. What would we do? Like Frankenstein? Yeah. <laughs> well, we had Frankenstein. He was Frankenstein. Right. Well, I mean, like, you actually do Frankenstein. It, yeah, it would have to be some kind of character. It couldn't just be some schmo off the streets. But, uh, yeah, it'd be, it would be a much harder deal to find a guy that's six foot six or whatever that sounds like Peter. Yeah. You, you know, that, that might be a lot harder than finding a static X sounding guy. Like, doing that, though, like, that's the part that to, to me would be like doing like a disservice to Peter. Right. We're trying, uh, yeah, Kenny. You see the picture? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, well, it's definitely. So I, they, uh, I, go ahead, go ahead, Johnny. You know, so it, it's it's kind of weird in that sense, you know, like to, you know, like to do something to try to, you know, like to try to recreate something. There's a balance to, to, to doing a tribute and, and just trying to keep the memory alive to, to just trying to cash in on it for your own yeah. personal gain. But yeah. for the, to, to keep his memory alive or for the fans every once in a while or uh, as part of a benefit, perhaps, I don't know. But it's when they did it, it's like, oh, I could see Typo maybe doing something like that if it had a character type deal to it. Maybe we can get that Wayne guy. <laughs> yeah, same guy. Just put on a different mask. Just use him. We need a guy also to impersonate Josh, though. That's yeah. Getting Josh to do is a whole other story. You know? Right. <laughs> and Johnny, what about Quiet Riot? I mean, obviously, Jizzy, amazing singer. Do you ever hear these guys? Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but what, do, do they ever talk? Do you hear them talking about maybe throwing down a new Quiet Riot record? But, but this... I mean, it's it's just like really conversation as opposed right. to like, you know, like really, are there any wheels in motion to do something right. like that? No. no I could I, see Jizzy is a big enough name to, to do it. Yeah. I mean, they've done it already. They've done a Quiet Riot record without Kevin like there was already. Like there was discussion to do something like that, more or less just to document the lineup. Yeah. You know? I think you should. I think it's, I, I enjoy it but, so uh, much. I mean, I, there hasn't been any like, talk or like you know there okay. aren't any we haven't worked on any demos or anything like that if there hasn't been anything that's it hasn't gone to that place yet all right you know but it would be interesting to see what the lineup could come up with and yeah you know, and you got rudy 
who's who just had a birthday. It was Rudy Sarzo's yeah. birthday the other night, and how I forgot how old they said he's. They said he was. He just he turned seventy three. Yeah. Wow. Seventy three. And he still looks amazing, plays amazing. He's the youngest youngest guy in the room. He is. The hardest thing is keeping up with him at airports. (laughs) He's very professional. Huh, guys? You have to sound check. (laughs) Nice. uh, I mean, he is. I mean, he's he's very active and and he's he's quick. Like, you know, we'll just be walking. Like, you know, we'll get off the plane or whatever, walking. He's like, oh. The, the Admiral's Club is at gate B-17 and grabs his base and his bag and poof, gone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, guys, let's kind of let's kind of wrap this one up um, by talking about the new single, Cryptonesia, which is out on Friday for people. Uh, tell us a little bit about the song. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I watched, actually, um, the video the other night. And came out pretty good. It's, it's like a studio shot video for it, but um, it's very epic. You know, it goes a lot of places. It's reminiscent of you know some of the progressive stuff from the seventies, and there's a lot of like uh, key changes, and it's very exciting. Uh, I love it. I love I love listening to it. I never get bored of listening to it, and I think um, I think a lot of people are gonna dig it. Cool. I think it's a better representation of what I am is becoming. Okay. You know, like as, as opposed to the, the first single. It opens the doors wider. You know, yeah. it's, it's sort of a, you know, it, it has, a, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it, it paints a little bit of a different picture. It's more alternative. Okay. Like alternative, heavy, alternative rock. There's metal in there. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of elements in it. Very but good. Really happy with the way it came out. You know, like in the, the video came out a lot better than I expected. Me too. Yeah, so was, I thought it was going to be. Boring. I was pleasantly, so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, sure. How, My expectations were really well with the video. <laughs> how important is a video these days for for a band? You know, obviously, it's not MTV days where you get where you know you build the audience with it. But how does YouTube and Spotify or wherever the video yeah. is shown at does it give you enough to keep the band relevant? It's poor. It's important to have a visual and not just have, you know, some, you know, the lyrics or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's important uh, to have some kind of visual on YouTube. And those are the two most important platforms, right? Are, are, um, Spotify, Spotify and Apple music and, and YouTube. I mean, more kids or more younger people go to YouTube for their music now more than any of those other places. So it's important. And if for YouTube, you gotta have a visual, you know, if you're serious about the song. So I think it's very important. Right on. Well, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, I Am is putting out this brand new single, Cryptonesia. It is going to be out on uh, Friday, the 24th. I think that's Friday. Um, uh, day after Thanksgiving. So as the as the as you start waking up from your food coma, you can get into a into an I Am coma, I guess. So um, it's coming out on Black Friday. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> black number one. <laughs> black. black. Nice. Well, guys, where should we tell people to go online to keep up with you guys and buy any merchandise? And I do mean buy it, not just stream it. Uh, where should we tell people to go? The uh, Instagram page is pretty active. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. a, you know, the, the, I am the holding of uh, Corpse Paint Records, the CEO. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Corpse, Paint Corpse Paint Records, Records or you can go to um, 
the I am band uh, Instagram. Okay. Very good. Well, one yeah, more time. Like the best spot. Sure. Well, one more time. The band is I Am, the new single, Cryptonesia. We are going to play the old single to wrap this one up because I don't have the new one yet. But um, we're going to play a little bit more of uh, Dreams Always Die with the Sun. So, guys, um, good luck with the record. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank, Thank you for having us on. I appreciate it. Good right, to guys. see you, Eric. Happy good Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, Peace. dudes. <laughs> Dreams always die with the sun. I like it. I do. I like it too, man. <laughs> Very good. Well, you know what else is going to die with the sun? Us, dude. Time for us to go. <laughs> yeah. We definitely got to go. Um, I didn't want to just end. I wanted to. Are you out this weekend or are you in this weekend? Uh, I'm going to be in for a few weeks. We're going to uh, just do family Thanksgiving this week. Okay. Chill, chill, and uh, prep for some of these uh, more out of the cellar songs. I got to get down. Sure. So, do you think that's like the 2024 is the out of the cellar in its entirety? They, you know, even though this is Stephen's somewhat of a farewell for Stephen, mm -hmm. uh, we we are booked through 2025 right now. Through not, 25, not not like you know we we have shows that are into that 25, are in, right? cruises and, and such you know into that year but he is doing his, his final uh you know farewells being 67 you know he he does want to uh wind it down you know i don't so blame him be, yeah this is going to be some of the last uh shows that you're going to get to uh see uh so come on out man celebrate yeah. celebrate rat so don't miss it when it comes to your town because you might not get another chance you know what I did? I, I didn't mention this, but you know the the whiskey's going to be a big night for us uh, this this year, and I typically have to bring my own equipment to this thing. I just spent right. a couple thousand dollars buying a new amp just for this show. Nice. Uh, another Splon. Uh, for those of you not familiar, uh, Splon amplification. I've been uh, using them for many years uh, now, and I called Scott up and told him I got to get a new uh, quick rod from you, buddy. And he, they built it for me in wow. uh, Dallas, North Carolina, and it's already on its way. I think it shows up on my birthday, nice uh, next week. Um, so I'll have a, a brand new amp to crank up at that. And we're gonna, you know, you you might have heard it here first, but I think we're doing the full out of the cellar album at the whiskey. So get your tickets. I think they're on sale now. Okay, very good, man. Well, very good, dude. Well, enjoy the holiday. Um, I, of course, will be back on um, Wednesday for uh, Seth Williams' show and uh, Saturday, of course, for Classic Metal Show and uh, blah, blah, blah. All my stupid nonsense. And you can certainly keep up with us over at chrisaken.net. That's right. 
<laughs> you can keep up with Eric and I at chrisaken.net or on Instagram. Yeah, and, give me a follow at uh, Eric Ferentinos at Instagram. That's right. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, that's going to do it for Chris Aiken Presents. So for Eric Ferent or for myself, Chris Aiken, he is. I'm Chris Aiken also. Yeah. So the Chris's say goodbye. So <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. See ya. All right. All right.